You're listening to the Utterly Nonsense Podcast. And if you're new here, just so you know, we usually talk about comics, science fiction, movies, television. We don't usually get into such serious subjects, but we are living in some serious times right now, so we thought we'd at least address it, especially with the way it's affected pretty much all of media at this point. So you can find this podcast on all the major platforms. We're on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeart, Podbean. And we're also on all the social medias. We post updates on those whenever we're about to release a new episode or a new clip up on YouTube, so check that out. And if you head on over to our page on Anchor, you can send us a voice message. If you've got a suggestion for something we could talk about or a question you'd want us to answer on the podcast, or even just some words of encouragement, we accept all of that. And we might even feature it on the next episode, unless you don't want us to, then we won't. But if you like what you hear, subscribe. Follow, leave a comment, leave a review, all those good things. And without further ado, let's get into it. Comic books, video games, television, and movies. In a world where the media has been brought to a standstill by a dangerous global outbreak, these barely Irish assholes must once again band together to make sense of it all. It's not news. It's utterly nonsense. Welcome to the Utterly Locked in a Room for the Rest of Our Lives podcast. <laughs> We're back after about uh, two months of not recording anything, mostly because, uh, you know, for some reason, I can't imagine why, there hasn't really been that much to talk about. Any ideas <laughs> why that might be? <laughs> uh, I can't, it's not coming to me, but I, I would probably say this, maybe this quarantine could have something to do with it. Yeah, people are freaking out over nothing. <laughs> it's, it's just like the flu, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, obviously, um, even if you have been living under a rock for the past two months, and uh, I'm sure if you are living under a rock, then you're probably healthier than the rest of us. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, stay there if you want. Yeah, for, well, first of all, yeah, <laughs> do stay there, do social distance. Uh, we're still in the middle of a quarantine as of the recording of this podcast. Uh, hopefully it won't last too much longer, but, you know, how optimistic can we be? Right. So, yeah, I mean, this has obviously led to a decline in basically everything. Um, you know, there's really nothing going on in terms of media, in terms of anything. <laughs> mm. um, so that kind of screws us in terms of, you know, things to talk about. So this is sort of like a compilation of everything that's gone on since we've all been in lockdown and yeah. Yeah, and I guess we could talk a little bit about what we've been doing because I know I've been playing a lot of games, not like I'm ever not doing that, but you know, I guess trying to get myself more into it because lately I just, you know, I don't, I don't really feel into games that much anymore. I'm just kind of getting tired of everything, but now it's like, yeah, I have to like it because I've got nothing else. Yeah, I mean, I was wondering for the longest time how this has impacted your life in the slightest since you basically <laughs> were living in quarantine before the quarantine. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's a whole other topic, which maybe we'll get to. Well, I, I was, I've been pretty similar, just uh, got into Animal Crossing. That's the, that, was, that was the big thing. Oh, yeah, I've been seeing a lot about that. A lot, celebrities getting in on it, too. And, you know, I still, I don't know what the appeal is. It, I guess it's it's just not me. You know, I, I keep oh. thinking that. I, anytime I see anyone playing it, like, online or whatever, <coughs> I, I wonder the same thing. Oh, boy, I, I love to get into it. <laughs> As an Animal Crossing veteran myself. I've been playing it since uh, Wild World on the mm -hmm. DS. Yeah, because I have one friend who, he would talk about it endlessly. Like, for years now, he was talking about, oh, I have so many ideas for what they could do with the next game, and now oh, it could be so good if they just, I have su such a long list, I'm, I'm going to make so many idea videos about it. And I'm like, but w what do you really do? W what's the game? So, do, the do way it works is, <laughs> you don't it's not, a it's not a competition, but the way it works is, 
you show up, you move. It's like uh, you move in somewhere. You're starting a new life, and you get you build, you get a house, and you build yourself up and stuff. But this one uh, is a uh, Animal Crossing. This one has like a twist to it where, the, well, the twist this time is you show up to an island. It's like a deserted island, and you and uh, you become an island represent, rep- representative, and you get control over building and shaping this like the entire island. Right. And they've added, it's, and they also like tweaked a lot of things and added a bunch of like a uh, quality of life changes to the system and stuff. Um, to summarize, Animal Crossing in general, you show up, uh, you get, you gotta do some stuff, and then you work to pay off loans to build your house up and get your perfect looking town. And uh, it's a, it's a little adorable romp. You live, you live with villagers, and their villagers are all animals. They yeah. say a bunch of funny stuff. There's different personalities of villagers. I've heard it's good because my one friend who's like a fanatic about it, he said, you know, oh, man, it's everything I could have hoped for. It's everything I dreamed of. It's just got – it's everything that I wanted them to improve. They did, unlike Pokemon, which we won't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> unlike Pikmin 3, which we won't talk about that. Hey, Pikmin 3 was good. It was just like – it was way too short. That's my yeah, problem. Yeah, yeah, that was his main complaint. <laughs> But I think for Animal Crossing, I think it's just like maybe it's like the massive amount of hype people put onto the game over the years. Like you know, over like since like for a long time, people like when's the next Animal Crossing? Like for Wii U, where's Animal Crossing come and come out? And it's like maybe like all the hype that was built up for it that maybe kind of influenced the sales. Like okay, everyone's talking about it. Like kind of like with Kingdom Hearts three, how like a bunch of people just kind of hopped on it when with the third game, or because you know everyone's hype was hyping it up for yeah, so long. Yeah. It's like it's so it was like I I think it's maybe it was like a similar effect, but. Uh, I could say that um, in terms of what your friend said, yeah, they kind of fixed a lot of things. I, I, uh, you know, I have, I, you know, I also was like, dang, they should fix this and do this. But with each like quality of life change, I'll say there was like a, a step back to like there's a crafting system now. But like the one problem is you can only craft one thing at a time. So if you want to craft like a bunch of medicine, for example, you gotta craft that medicine like, and then you know, oh, I'm done medicine. Then you got mm-hmm. medicine done again. <laughs> And then there's a there are there seem to be like updating things like throughout the seasons, which isn't intrusive at all. So it's great. Uh, that's I guess a, that's the main complaint I got. So I it, do miss the mini. I do miss the mini games. But sorry, your question. <laughs> it's sort of like a life simulator, right? Yeah, lifestyle sim. Yeah. So so it, would it be fair to say that it's that it's kind of like a casual game? Very casual. Uh, right. Whenever people compare, whenever like people, there's like a game like it. It's off. You often hear people compare it to Animal Crossing. That's like the main thing. So that's mm-hmm. how you know like uh, where it stands and how good it is. It's also the most sold game on the Switch for, as of right now. Yeah, just, that's uh, something he keeps telling. He's like, oh man, look, it's sold more than Smash Brothers. Smash Brothers sucks. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, but look. You know, and not to equate it to phone games, but, you know, phone, phone games, they, you, they all say, oh, look at how many players are playing games now. Look, the majority of them are, are actually female. Well, that's a few account for phone games because phone games are highly casual. I suspect that this game sells a lot because it's highly casual and it appeals to, you know, a much broader demographic than Smash would. Right. I don't I don't know the prices of I don't know the, the prices of any other Animal Crossing, but I think by far this is I think this is probably the best only one I could check. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh but you know, as things move along, I think it's only going to get bigger, especially with the updates and the word of mouth. Yeah. Well, hey, good for Nintendo. Good for them. I'm glad they made something that pleased everybody and didn't fall short of everyone's expectations to the point where I they had, then had to <laughs> add the rest of the content as DLC <laughs> and charge you thirty bucks. I had no, <laughs> I had, I had no doubts. I, I felt pretty confident. It was also nice of them to make something to keep people indoors. Yeah. Yeah. It came out at <laughs> you know somehow just the right time, right? Perfect time. Yeah. So you know, it, it's a number of factors. Other things that have been going on, um, so one video I made on the channel recently has gotten kind of popular. It's on its way to becoming our most viewed video, was a rant I, I did about Star Trek Picard when I'd watched the first three episodes. I, you know, uh, complained and moaned about all these sorts of details that are inconsistent with the prior series, and, you know, at that point I said I wasn't going to watch more, but I did. Because I got curious, I made a second video, which also did pretty well comparative to other videos. And so, uh, I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't sort of uh, close out with a third kind of rant here and make it a trilogy. And just kind of revisit the points I made and come at them from a perspective of having watched the series to its conclusion. And just give my brief thoughts on the finale. So... 
I know none of you, neither of you guys watch Star Trek really. You haven't seen Picard, so unfortunately, you're just gonna have to sit with me as an audience through <laughs> this and have no idea what I'm talking about. Very sorry. I <laughs> I watched up up to when Picard was a thing. I guess only in movies. Yeah. On that note. The first point I'll get to, starting with the first video, one thing I complained about was that the character is treated poorly, and the reason that this is is because the whole premise that they're coming at with uh, this new series is that the future Starfleet, it's, it's not what it was, and it's not what it seemed, it's not a perfect paradise, the world is actually dark now, you know, it's kind of like calling into question all of that uh, idealization of what the future could be, which is what Star Trek fundamentally is based on in the first place. And now it's kind of just saying, okay, boomer to that. Here's what the life really is like. It sucks. And you, old man Picard, you need to shut up and you need to listen. And there are certainly plenty of scenes of women, all in positions of authority, usually, telling him what to do. There's the, like his, uh, his groundskeeper, the Romulan woman. There's the woman interviewer who accuses him of something. There's, of course, the girl he has to save. She's like, oh, you have to help me. There's his uh, former, I don't know, first officer, Rafi. She, she doesn't treat him that well. There's the admiral who curses at him. Sheer fucking hubris. Shut the fuck up. And then there's, I won't call her Seven of Nine. I'll call her Seven of Eleven because that character is not Seven of Nine. I'll get to that more later. Uh, even Troy tells him, hey, you deserve that when he gets pushed by the girl. And basically, there, there seems to be a running theme of females being more condescending towards males. It could have been a conscious decision. I'm guessing it was, but it's just weird, you know? Gender equality, sure, and Star Trek has certainly had a lot of that. Yeah, I mean, well, look, I, I mean, Star Trek is famous for always putting the idea that everyone's equal front and center. It was the first show in history to actually have an interracial kiss. Um you know, so it's like, it doesn't surprise me that they're trying to be all-inclusive, that they're trying to make social justice, like, at the forefront of the whole thing. I haven't seen the show, so I can't uh, speak to, like, what extent they're going with for it. Um, I mean, based on what I've heard and based on, like, the criticism I've heard online, it sounds like you're, like, totally right in that, uh, you know, they, they, they basically do just have these female characters walking over the car throughout the uh, bulk of it. Again, I can't speak to it personally, but uh, that just seems to be what people are saying. Yeah, and that's what it felt like to me and a lot of people, because I've been reading a lot of the comments that have been left on the, the videos I put out, and on other videos, and they all seem to feel that same sentiment. Uh, another thing that this whole series was largely based on was an episode called Measure of a Man that dealt with data and whether he has... Uh, the agency to decide for himself whether he's an individual whether he has you know the right to make decisions for himself whether he owns himself as his own property and not starfleet so that kind of ends off that you know picard argues if you're going to develop all these androids then you're basically creating a race and we'll be judged by the way we treat that race so it kind of ends off that they wouldn't do that but they do do that so it's like fallout 4 basically sure i have no idea but i'll go with it <laughs> It just, yeah, brief aside, uh, the whole plot of Fallout, the, like the main plot, uh, revolves around these synths, uh, synthetic humans that were created uh, essentially by this evil organization, uh, it, evil in quotation. It, it, again, they're, like the whole morality of go on for, for hours, but uh, basically um, they're created, uh, there's this whole in-game discussion about whether they're actually people because despite acting, basically they're indistinguishable from people in any way whatsoever. Uh, so, you know, they're, they're essentially people, but because they were created in a lab, it creates this whole uh, sort of question. And yeah, it's just really obscure. You know, it, it just sounds like uh, Data is a sort of a similar circumstance, but I, I know he's a little more hourly robotic. So, yeah. you know, it, it's a slight difference. Yeah, and what they show here is they have a Mars colony where they build all the spaceships, and they're using, not Data's, but, like, lesser forms of him. They look similar. They have the white skin and the yellow eyes, and, like, this guy greets them. They're all, like, copies of each other. He says, hi, plastic people, and they generally just don't seem to be respected or treated well, and they're being used for labor. And it's like that kind of flies in the face of the whole point of that episode. 
And the only precedent, there is a precedent that could maybe explain why this happened. There was an episode of Voyager where the emergency medical holograms, because at that point that version of them were deemed to be uh, not very functional or not efficient, they were being used by Starfleet to mine dilithium. So the series aren't perfect in their maintenance of continuity. Overall, they're pretty good, especially with maintaining the right tone. But it just feels like with Picard and Discovery to some extent as well, it kind of takes the whole tone and it just drops it and goes and does the opposite of what you thought they would have done if they were to logically continue everything that you've seen in prior series. Yeah, so this whole thing, you know, it's a thing that's been done in sci-fi plenty of times, the whole AI against humanity or synthetic against organic. They're just trying to establish that there was a precedent in this particular story for organics, I guess, for lack of a better term, abusing artificial life forms, which gives the whole premise to this idea that the apocalypse is going to come at the hands of, you know, artificial intelligence uh, from machine organisms. Right. The mean admiral lady, they've had mean ad admiral ladies before, especially with Picard. It's just that this one decides to curse, specifically with the F word. And, you know, in Star Trek before, they've said... Uh, damn uh i think in one of the movies goddamn they've said bastard and um i think it was first no i think it might have been generations and then in the reboot movies they say shit but you know nothing too extreme I always pick star trek is more of like a family thing exactly and it was and whenever they would curse it would either be in a moment of passion or it would just be to add a bit of levity like data so in a movie says, oh shit. And it's funny because it's data saying it. Oh shit. But here it's, it has like, there's malice behind it. So it's never really been needless before. Yeah. Like before it just, it felt kind of natural here. It just feels really out of place. And the reason why it's there is because one of the writers and uh, like co-showrunner, Michael Chabon, or Shabon, I think that's how his name is said. He, he equates a lack of profanity to a restriction of free speech, if I'm understanding his reasoning correctly, because he says that a future in which there's no cursing would be a dystopia. So that's how I think he's thinking of it, but that's not the way he should be thinking about it, because specifically in Star Trek IV, where they show they don't even know how to curse. Double dumbass on you! But they are not the hell your whales. I, I suppose they've told you that, huh? The hell they did. Hell, I can't. It's because that they, the whole general tone of dialect has evolved beyond crude expression like that. Like they've learned how to be more articulate, not to you know rush to be irritated. It's just evolved. It's not it hasn't stagnated. And here they just talk like it's today. Right. So yeah, that sucks. One thing uh, that didn't make sense. You're led to believe at the end of Nemesis that Data is going to be sort of resurrected in this prototype android B4 and in a prequel comic to the 2009 movie which is in the continuity of this show because it's the same event that catalyzes the conflict in both you see data in command of a starship so you're to assume oh he his memory his consciousness or whatever manifested in this other android but here they say nope couldn't be done he couldn't handle it the prototype was too primitive and I'll get to what they did with Data when I talk about the finale. So, yeah, that's another uh, inconsistency there. Um, they, they try to tease that this whole thing is connected to Picard and Data and the Borg, but that's just to rope you into watching the show. Data didn't create these girl androids who was like the main character. He didn't create Dodge and Soji or either of them. The, the whole painting where he like has her face on it, I'm just going to take a guess and say... The guy, Soon, his son, who did create the other androids, he just somehow knew about that painting, or Bruce Maddox did, and he used the face as a as an imprint for when he created Soji. One thing that was kind of weird, how did the Romulan lady on the board cube know that she was the destroyer just by looking at her? We didn't see her face when they had the visions of the apocalyptic future. Why her specifically? Why was she the uh, so-called chosen one? And why was Data's face in the, in the whole flash forward when he had, again, really nothing to do with this whole plot in the first place? Why was there a generic robot face from Shutterstock Images? <laughs> I'm not kidding. This is an actual thing. 
somebody found it and like put the comparisons and it's you know it, it exactly matches um i had complained that uh the whole sh- uh, Mars shipyard defense system getting hacked was dumb. Obviously, it was an inside job. The uh, commander who was in on it and who was in charge of uh, Starfleet or the Commodore, rather, the half-Vulcan. Uh, she did it, but I still think it's dumb that they had all those satellites there ready to point a laser at who knows what. I don't think that's a good concept. And the right. ugly starships that you see copy-pasted in the shipyard, those are the same ugly ones or similar to the same ones you see in the last episode. So, yeah, they uh, didn't really take the time to make nice designs. All right, I'll go through the points I made in the second video. Rapid fire here, just so it doesn't drone on too long. Um, I, th- I definitely thought the show could have been condensed more. It felt more like one whole long episode of Star Trek, like a 10-hour long episode that was just split apart rather than uh, classically what Star Trek is, which is just separate plots that have a beginning, middle, and end uh, for each episode. Occasionally they have the multi-parter, but it never drags on for 10 hours. Uh, then, then the ninja is there specifically to impale and behead people, and then there's the uh, Romulan sister I mentioned, and she has this vaguely pseudo-incestuous thing with uh, the brother, and the reason those are in there and all the graphic violence and the torture scenes is because Kurtzman thinks that he's making a Game of Thrones. He said in an interview, nobody complains about uh, paying for Game of Thrones when he was comparing to paying to watch Star Trek on CBS Access, so... That's the audience he's going for. Nobody complains about paying for Game of Thrones. So we have to do the same. They're not trying to appeal to the classic Star Trek audience. That's the main point of all this. And, and it's not that there hasn't been horror and violence in Star Trek before. There's certainly been a lot of that. But, you know, it's tame. It wasn't gratuitous or overtly graphic. It always served a purpose to set up a part of the story or, you know, a character moment. Here it's just, ooh, look at that. Look at that. Ooh, so serious. Even the films didn't go that far. Even the reboot films didn't go that far. Uh, I talked about Seven of Nine's character being butchered. The thing about her is that a lot like Data, throughout the whole, throughout her whole run in Voyager, she's trying to rediscover her, her humanity, right? Because her whole life she was a Borg, so she has this kind of robotic uh, element to her mentality, and she's trying slowly to be human. But there's a limit to it because a, a part of her will always be Borg. But here. Nope. She's full-on Sarah Connor from Dark Fate. Not kidding. They specifically set it up that way, I guarantee, because a character who was built up to kind of be her son in Voyager gets ruthlessly tortured and killed in this show. She ends up having the mercy kill him, and that sets up the reason why she's all, you know, vengeful, and she's like, I hunt people down. I'm a renegade. It's the exact same thing as, I hunt Terminators. That's what they wanted. Again, it's not Star Trek. It's just other sci-fi being brought into this. It's not the character of Seven of Nine. It's Seven Eleven. That's who it is. It's wrong. Oh, yeah. And another thing, weird thing. They make her a lesbian, or I guess bi, but she did have a romance with one of the main characters in Voyager. Not mentioned. Never happened. Don't know what you're talking about. She's just lesbian all of a sudden. And at the very end, to add insult to injury, they show her, like, intimately holding hands with another woman character in the show. Whereas before that, there's, like, no interaction between them. It's just completely shoved in there to get brownie points. Guaranteed. You cannot... If you like this show, you cannot justify this scene to me. You cannot. I would like you to try. But just warning you, it's not going to work. The, the one thing I did think was okay was Picard having Borgophobia, I'm going to call it, because at his core, he's a diplomat, and he sees the Borg as completely un- unable to be reasoned with. They rob you of all individuality. They ignore culture. They simply assimilate you for your technology and your biology. There's no in- individual thought, and that's pretty much seems like the antithesis to the character of Picard. So I can, and you know, this happened in first contact as well. I can understand the frustration, the rage, the fear he has with them. So I didn't really have an issue with that. Um, when they were trying to locate the Android homeworld, and they have her walking around in this dream sequence, she's like, Oh, I can see it. I can see the sky. There's two red moons in a stormy sky. And then they immediately know where to go. I just flash back to them in any other series where they like punch in, the description of something, especially like the location of a planet, and it says there are 428,000 entries that match that description. (laughs) 
whatever. Convenience of the plot. Riker and Troy should have done more to save their son. They just go to a magic planet when, as well-traveled and as well-connected as they were, they could have gone ar gotten around it, you know, found some way to get that thing that they needed, the android brain, to save their son. And to me, it would have made more sense if he was on that secluded planet, I think it was called Nepenthe, to hide from the authorities or something. And, you know, you still could have had that element of, oh, we were affected by this whole ban. It didn't have to be that grimdark where they had a dead son and they did nothing except act on superstition and go to a magic planet. So, yeah, it didn't like that. Okay, so now let's get to the finale, finally. So, I'm not going to go into every single detail about the finale. I'll just go quickly a few things that I took particular issue with. So, they have one of the androids do a mind meld. And she says, oh, I studied it in a book. I learned how to do it. That's not how it works. Mind melds are only done by Vulcans. It's a telepathic ability. How can an android read a book, an artificial thing read a book, and suddenly become telepathic? Unless somehow the creator found the way to, uh, to build that into robots, which if he did, doesn't anyone think that that's extremely irresponsible of him as a scientist to create robots with the ability not just to crush you with one hand, but to invade your mind and take over? It's ridiculous to me. This main character that you're supposed to like, at the very end, after she's been showed all this kindness and, and courage from all these people trying to save her, at the end she's like, oh, yeah, you know, um, uh, this one android told me about this vision where uh, uh, the robots come to save us from humanity, and humanity is bad, so we gotta kill all humanity. I just gotta do it. I just gotta activate this big hole in the sky for this big Cthulhu-looking robot thing to come out that looks like it came out of the end of Hellboy, or it's Doc Doc from Spider-Man 2. So, of course, at the very end, Picard dies, and he goes to simulated heaven, where he sees Data there. Well, well Data's been there the whole time. Why did nobody say that? This whole thing was to find Data, and he's just been sitting there in a simulation. And... It's not clear whether it's actually him or just a recreation of his consciousness, which it probably was, so, like, a copy of him. And the last thing he tells Picard is, Captain, before you leave this simulation, please terminate my consciousness. What was the whole show for? The whole thing, getting Picard out into space, was, Oh, there's a chance to bring back Commander Data. And then at the end he says, Please, kill me, Captain. I would be eternally grateful if you end my life. So, he complies in a weird moment of assisted suicide. There's a, an air of weird death around this show. Everybody's either getting uh, assisted in their suicide or just a lot of murder. It, it's, I don't know. So, uh, recreated data just passes away, which the show didn't earn that for me. It didn't, earned, uh, it didn't earn another data's death. To me, the, his death at the end of Nemesis, where he sacrifices himself to save Picard and the ship, that was fine. I was okay with that. This is just, I don't know. It seems like they wanted to add sentimentality to it. It didn't work for me. And Picard, they say that they copied his consciousness and put it into this new, super-advanced android body that they had lying around. Well, shit. If that was there, why didn't they put data in it? If you could put an entire human mind in it, and have it walk around and be just like Picard, which it's not. Picard is really dead. That's a copy of him. Then why couldn't they put data? Who knows? Who cares? That seems very weird. <laughs> well, it is. Yeah, this, this is just too much for it, me to follow. I have nothing to like compare it to except for, I guess, Astro Boy. Because isn't that like the boy died and the dad remade him as a robot? I think so, yeah. That's, that's, it seems kind of... I don't know how I, I, I never liked that in anything where they take a character that was, that died and well it was fine we'll just bring them back and now we don't, haven't lost them or something it, that's, that's always but it's yeah but it sounds like right what you're saying for here is it's like it's that it didn't it's this is where it ends normally things like that continue and have like consequences or something like a I, I remember uh, the ending. I guess the ending of Big Hero Six when Baymax gives his gives himself to save his hero, but then you know he makes Baymax too. But that wasn't like a bad thing. He was the robot. So and so in Data's a robot. So it's like you take you can take his consciousness and put it in another thing. It doesn't. Why would why would they go through all that trouble for it to be, to mean nothing? And then they bring back a different character. Yeah, and like the first. Was, 
their first argument is that, okay, the prototype android wasn't advanced enough. Okay, fine. But this whole planet of new androids created by the son of the guy that created Data, who presumably, since it's played by the same actor, has all of his knowledge and even more, created a whole race of more sophisticated androids than Data. At least I'm pretty sure they were supposed to be. They seemed like they were. And then he has an even more, more advanced thing sitting there that he plans to transfer himself into. So it's like, why was it there? What was it doing there? Just collecting dust. <sighs> so basically the whole point I'm getting to with all of this criticism, and I didn't want to hate it to be clear, but I, there's just things I can't ignore. They teased a show about Picard, a character exploration. Wasn't really about Picard. They teased Data. Data wasn't really in it, didn't even come back. They teased the Borg, barely even factored in. We got blue-balled and tricked. It was just a, a, a light show to get you to subscribe to CBS Access, which is getting absorbed by a new streaming service anyway. But yeah, all this, this dark tone, this whole negation of the general direction of the series, it, it's, it's what they wanted. Specifically, Patrick Stewart wanted it. Another reason why you shouldn't necessarily let actors take the reins of the writing, even if they have been with it for a long time. Because, you know, sometimes that works out. A lot of times it doesn't. Specifically, William Shatner. I just saw it too. Star Trek V, which um, it said story by and directed by William Shatner. I said, uh-oh, this is going to be fun. That one gets a little weird. So one last thing I want to address is uh, recently Jonathan Frakes, who played Commander Riker in The Next Generation and the films, and he directed a couple of the films... So he was recently interviewed, I think it was like a digital event for a con that obviously got canceled because of present pandemic. Uh, he was talking about the other shows that happened outside of TNG and he said, quote, oh, and he was discussing the, uh, the reception of The Next Generation originally when it was only a couple seasons in and how people started to accept it. He said they, they realized there was room in their worlds for, for both shows. Yeah. And then... Paramount, in its wisdom and greed, produced Voyager and Deep Throat Nine and Enterprise, and it went on and on. And then we shut down, and they shut down, and J.J. kept it under wraps until he produced the movies, which were wonderfully received and didn't seem to have the same sort of resentment about being the new Trek. <clears throat> So first thing there, he doesn't really respect the other Star Trek shows. Why? I don't know. Maybe it's a celebrity thing where he feels like only his work is valid and everything else that was based off of it is just unnecessary. I don't know. It, it sort of sounds to me like um, he was indifferent to some of the other shows, but he it, it's more like, yeah, fans are sort of pissed off about this. They were pissed off about all of the sequel series. Uh, they'll accept it eventually. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah, he's trying to equate it about how all the shows kind of have to get their footing at first, but then eventually people accept it. But like I've been saying, those shows match the tone quite fine, whereas this is is a, it's a different story. And sure. the the whole comment, he, he always makes fun of Deep Space Nine. I don't know why, but it's not good to just make light of... Like, it's your brand. He's actively working for them, so I don't know why he didn't even say that at this point. But to say that the the reboot movies were received wonderfully, maybe the first one, but the second one had a lot of people not liking it, and the third one barely made any money. So I don't know where he gets off saying that. There's a whole list of quotes that I really disagree with that I really don't like that he said that, you know, he makes light of fan criticism, and he says people are watching it to hate it. And, you know, like I said, I wasn't watching it to hate it, but I did want to make sure that I watched it all the way through so that I could give valid criticism and not just talk out of my ass. So, yeah. I mean, I'll put the link to uh, the article that talks about that interview in the description, so you could go find more of that. So to summarize, as far as my thoughts go on Star Trek Picard, well, I don't consider it canon because Kurtzman admitted he didn't even try to keep it in continuity. Everybody is always trying to maintain continuity, but given the 50 plus years of Star Trek, it literally becomes impossible. Given the volume of things that are out there, it's just impossible for everything to sync up perfectly. A literal impossibility to maintain continuity. So in the words of Jonathan Frakes himself, Kurt's Trek? It never happened. It never happened. This one was invented by a writer. Not this time. It never happened. It's false. It never happened. 
It's a fake. That, I, I'm about done ranting, I think. Okay, so what else did you want to talk about? Ah, uh, well. I was just gonna, I heard people are ejecting themselves with lights all. <laughs> I, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, um, so basically that whole thing came from, and I, I don't think he meant for people to actually do it, but it, it, it's like um, Trump basically said in one of his coronavirus briefings that, you know, it's so incredible that, like, there's so many of these antibacterial soaps and, you know, Lysol, hand sanitizer, etc., that essentially kill the virus within seconds of coming into contact with it. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could just inject that directly into ourselves and kill the virus? Yeah. Um, but the thing was that he said, and whether it was sarcastic or not, he said, you know, he said to the doctors, he's like, oh, yeah, they ought to look into that. They ought to look into how we can bring the light and inject that into our bodies. Like, what? Did, what did you smoke? It, so it's like, if you take the interview in context, it sounds like he was just rambling. You know, like, he, he I don't think he meant like anything Like he always by does. It. Exactly. I, I, I don't think he meant anything <laughs> by it, but just the way he talks, uh, you cannot, it, like, you know, we're four years into his presidency at this point, you can understand, like, why people might be frustrated by that. Why people might take that out of context. Yeah, here's what he failed to consider. This is the country of the Tide Pod Challenge. People are dumb. Don't suggest dumb things. Especially if you're in a position like he is. Because they will take it seriously. It's, it's just real, it's real upsetting. I, I, don't, I, I feel like uh, we are in a, we have a, we're in a very bad position in terms of leadership. I don't know. Uh, maybe it goes beyond that, but I feel like things could have handled a lot better. Yeah, ultimately there should have been a better national response. Um, we're lucky that some of the governors and some of the high-density states, like, you know, I, I'm in Jersey, which was hit pretty bad. Um, New York was hit, obviously, pretty bad. Um, both yeah, have New York, my, my birthplace, is somehow the goddamn epicenter of this. How did that happen? Well, so the short answer is areas with higher populations, areas with the higher population density tend to get hit a lot worse since there's obviously a lot more interaction between people. Um, New York has two major airports in it, uh, gets a lot of traffic in it on a daily basis. Uh, you, you just have a lot more people spreading the disease than you would, say, uh, Milford, Pennsylvania, you know. It just boggled my mind that the state of New York has, you know, more cases than any country in the world, yeah. unless, of course, you know, China's uh, fixing the numbers, but we won't get into that. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure... China's not entirely honest about how they're reporting it. Um, First of all, yeah, it's New York City that got hit worse than really anywhere else. Um, New York State, generally speaking, isn't as bad. Um, New Jersey is in not the best shape, but we're fortunately starting to bounce back. I think we're hitting our peak right now, so we we actually might be on the other side at this point. I I haven't checked the statistics in a few days. But, um, yeah, I mean... It's just, it's, you know, it, it could have been handled better if we had just addressed it sooner. If we'd gone into lockdown, like, early in February, which uh, back when they first had projected a f- the first few cases, maybe we would have been, like, done by now. But, um, you know, we obviously didn't have that foresight. If you had asked me two months ago, I never would have guessed that it would have gotten to be this bad. Uh, I don't think anyone outside of the scientific community would have projected this, so... That's just where we're at right now. Yeah. And clearly no one in media did either because now all of a sudden every TV show, every film, all put on hold, all pushed back. They're just starting to air new episodes of, uh, you know, the DC shows now because I guess they're... I I know for Flash they, like, cut off the uh, last three episodes or three or four episodes that they were going to film and they're just ending it on 18 or 19, I believe. So yeah, which it's gonna be weird to see how that ends. It's it's gonna be weird to get to the point if this goes on long enough that there's just nothing new that comes out. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's gonna get to that point. I think um, realistically, we're probably gonna see another month of like intermittent lockdown. Uh, I'm guessing it's gonna end early June, end of May, and then we're gonna start the reopening process. Um, but you know, it's gonna be a while before we're completely back to normal. But I, I, I think we're at least going to be out of lockdown relatively soon. Like It seems like we're at that point. Yeah. But even if that happens, like people are still going to be afraid to go out. 
Yeah, exactly. And they should be afraid. You know, we have to. I'm, de- I'm definitely. I'm definitely concerned about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because you know, without a vaccine, without some kind of recourse for combating it, it's like, why reopen? Why bother? It's just going to start all over again. Isn't it? I, I'm no scientist, but is it just like America reopening, or is this like a, a, a thing other than that? Like I, I'm, I've been trying to learn what other people are doing about it. Yeah, I, I mean, I know parts of China did. I know, I think South Korea reopened uh, gradually. But, um, but they were like in better positions than we are. We were like the number one contaminated, like we're the number one con- contaminated country at the moment. So I, w- I would feel like we would probably need to be op- uh, like you know closed a bit longer till we get like some form of like. Norm, like not want to say normalcy, maybe like better than maybe like you know better than like, you know what I mean, but like it's like there's still, like there's people outside protesting it right now, saying that it's not real and stuff. But then, well, I, I don't know if people are saying it's not real or uh, downplaying the death count or if oh, oh, no, oh, oh, no. <laughs> the economy above their oh. own lives. It's it's just oh, that, it, <laughs> it it just seems like so many. Uh, just a strange situation. It's just a, such a mishmash of circumstances. Is a hundred percent a combination of all of that, but I've seen like pictures of people wearing masks while also saying the virus isn't real, and you know preaching the economy needs to come first. And I, for, I forgot who it was, but it was some um not I don't know not politician, but someone who like you know speaks about it, talking saying that you know if at, a, at the exp- like our lives shouldn't come at the expense, like um the country shouldn't come if our lives are like a small price to pay for the stake for like the the stake of the country. It's crazy. Yeah, I know Rush Limbaugh apparently said something about that like a couple weeks ago, like on a show that uh, essentially our lives don't matter. The economy matters more than our lives, which is just pretty much the most absurd thing you could say. Uh, obviously, this is already having a major economic impact. Uh, I think we're seeing the worst unemployment numbers basically since the Great Depression. Uh, I think it's the unemployment rates actually surpassed the Great Depression at this point. Well, I did have an uh, idea of what could possibly be done to keep. A number of people relatively safe and also continue the economy, at least in part. Are you ready for this? Let me just hit this bong. (sighs) Alright, man. So here's, like, what we gotta do. So, like, this really affects old people, man. Like, old farts, they can't handle it. So what you gotta do is take all the seniors and you can find them all into California. It's nice and warm there. You put them all there, and you take all the younger people, all the healthy people, all the people who can handle it, you bring them out to the rest of the country, you wall off the old people, you let them stay safe, you send all all the supplies there, and then you let us young people take over. Let us fight this thing, we'll donate all the blood, we'll do what we can, man. This is how it's gotta be, we gotta segregate by age. And that is how we save the country. And the world. Yeah, I filmed that could work. <laughs> uh. Maybe it would come to that. I feel like they would do something like that before they let, you know, all of the economy completely collapse, which I don't think it will. Not by far. Not by a long shot. I, I, well, look, it's going to rebound eventually. Um, we're already seeing the stock market sort of going in an upward trajectory. Like, it's at least had better days throughout the past month. But um, Yeah, but, you know, who really understands the stock market? No, I mean, it's not even the best indication of everything. It's just one indication the uh, economy is doing. Um, But basically, um, you have to judge it by the unemployment rate, by uh, how the average worker is doing. Right now, not great, but as demand increases, as people are out doing shit again, it's going to pick back up. And eventually, those workers are going to get their jobs back or, you know, get into a similar position, get into a similar hiring position and you know you have to wonder how many people are actually employed how many people are on furlough how many people are just working remotely uh how many people have had their wages slashed it's way too many factors for just an average person to calculate you know um economists i feel like don't even have a full grasp of what's going on right now um, or what the total uh, impact is going to be right now and you know what also sucks is there's a lot of things in I know at least in the uh, the Walmart by me, there's things that run out because I feel like, one, a lot of people aren't going out as often as they would have otherwise, obviously, to buy stuff. But there's also, two, people that hoard the stuff that there is that remains. So on one right. hand, you have a scarcity created by hoarding. 
But on the other, you also have a scarcity created by people just not buying, which then causes, you know, producers to produce less because they say, well, not as many people are buying, so we're going to make less. And then there's even more of a shortage because whatever is left is going to get hoarded. Yeah. I mean, that's basically it. I mean, a lot of these supply chains are getting it. Um, I know there was talks about certain meat plants closing, essentially, because uh, those are starting to get hit hard by a crime. And vegans everywhere I, I rejoice. <laughs> Which, look, it's not getting closed <laughs> down. I know uh, Trump basically said he's not going to let it come to that. Um, Don't worry, we're still going to have hamburgers and also steaks. By the way, I make the best steaks, greatest steaks. Yeah, but the <laughs> point is, as long as supply chains like grocery stores, like manuf- uh, meat manufacturers, uh, farms, etc., stay open, uh, the average American will probably be able to survive this. Um, it, it's just... You know, I, I think there needs to be more economic relief. Like, I just got my stimulus check a couple days ago. I don't know if you guys did. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, I, I mean, that's one thing. Like, uh, it's not going to replace my income, but it's at least something that I can pay some of my bills. I can it will survive this uh, if I need to stay in for another month, you know? Yeah, I mean, is it actually a significant amount, though? Because that doesn't pay most people's rent. What? Well, it's, one month? it's, it, well, it's $1,200, which... Um, you know, it, it really depends where in the country you're living, um, what you were spending it on. Presumably, the average person isn't spending too much right now, which is another factor that's sort of hurting the economy. So, yeah, I mean, it, it really depends on where you're at in the country. For some people, it can be a lifesaver. For others, not so much. Um, hopefully, people who are getting this also are getting some sort of income as well or some sort of unemployment benefit as well. So, um, look, I, I mean, there just has to be a better reaction from the government to uh, clean things up, you know, to make sure people aren't out on their asses after this is all over. Yeah. So what have we been doing throughout all this? How have you guys been handling this? Animal Crossing. <laughs> so let me tell you, um, well, let me tell you just how I started the whole quarantine experience. So New Jersey officially went into lockdown on March 16th. It was the day before St. Patrick's that they announced that basically every business was closing aside from uh, restaurants for takeout. Uh, You know, essential businesses are still open, but uh, pretty much everything major is closing. Any sort of retail is basically closed for the time being. So four days before that, I was in New York City and I had to bring my grandmother uh, to I, I think it was Columbia Presbyterian as the hospital. Um, so I had to drive her in for just a routine doctor's appointment. She still goes into New York for her appointments. We're relatively close to the city, so it's not that unreasonable, but she doesn't drive, so I was there, her aide was there. And basically, within the first few days of lockdown, and my office didn't close down right away since we're not retail, since we're an office with less than 10 people, it's like we, we're still legally allowed to stay open. Um, so we were there for the first few days on that Tuesday, that St. Patrick's day, I felt like absolute shit, which, and that was like four days after that doctor's appointment. So, you know, I, at first I figured, uh, you know, I, I feel okay. It, it might just have been the fact that I drank a lot last night. I'll see how I feel tomorrow. Uh, and you know, that day I just felt like worse, you know, just completely exhausted, massive headache. Um, just you know just a bad illness hit me all of a sudden so i ended up going home that day early we ended up going into uh distance based um you know uh remote desktop remote uh work after that so uh, you know i talked to my doctor it turns out it's just a gastrointestinal virus uh i uh, you know i was fine but i thought in that moment i probably have coronavirus i'm i was just in the epicenter of this whole thing yeah I'm in an area that's already been hit pretty hard by it. I probably have it. Um, and for all I know, I might have had it. I didn't end up getting tested because, you know, unless you have a fever, you're not getting a test for it in New Jersey. There's just not enough tests to go around for anyone who thinks they have it. So that's how I started the whole thing. I'm feeling, you know, better now, of course. But uh, yeah, I mean, I've basically just been keeping it low since then, uh, playing games, uh, reading books, et cetera, et cetera. What have you guys been up to? Uh, I, I already told me, uh, Animal Crossing. I, already, I said my piece already. Uh, I, oh, I did get Persona 5 the Royal. I've been kind of just distracting myself with anything that didn't remind me of like a 
the outside world of what's going on. And then eventually I suddenly realized I was starting to feel stir crazy and I had to go stand outside my porch until I came to this sudden realization that I can't walk anywhere else because everyone's supposed to be inside. But yeah. then I'm reminded that, oh, well, there's a bunch of people outside anyway walking around with masks like nothing's going on. Well, you said you've been seeing some shady shit happen. Yeah, yeah, a lot of that. There's like, um, for example, I, there was a party uh, across, the sh- not across the street from my house. There's like an apartment building. Bunch of uh, people our age, which is kind of uh, embarrassing, because <laughs> mm. and uh, they just had they had um, there was that and uh, around the and around the corner there's still people doing like a bunch of a uh, lot of stuff still happening in Philly. Uh, there were there was one night where there were five separate mass shoot not mass shootings sorry five separate you know shootings that were not related to each other I believe or just you know manslaughter in general. This and it makes you wonder what like, you know. And I guess nothing's going to stop that, you know. But. Well, in Miami, I did just see an article that said they haven't had a homicide for seven weeks, which is like a, a record that hasn't been set since like, I don't know, 1950-something or something like that. The record for, I think that we had a record like that for, I guess it was when 9-11 happened. That was like the last thing I remember when everything was silent for a while. Yeah, well, that's the comparison that a lot of people are making to this as far as New York goes, since New York was obviously the hardest. This is way more you know, deaths. This, yeah, I was about to say, within like the first few weeks, it was not even comparable. Like, New York has had so many worse, more deaths than on nine eleven. It's not even a comparison. Um, it's yeah, just yeah. I, I don't know what to say. I was alive for nine eleven. I remember it vividly. Um, this just seems so much worse to me, and it it, it just seems like one of these things you really get to see who people are, where you really get to see um, what people are actually like underneath it all. Like, what it, it definitely, it definitely has, like, a really broke down, I guess. How the, the, it, it brought, not broke down, it brought out all the problems, I guess, I, like in, like, a lot of places and in, definitely in people, for sure. The week, you know, I never actually thought about, you know, what, what this kind of thing ever happened, how we all handle it, and, it seems, I don't think we're handling it as well as I would, would probably would hope we would. Yeah, I mean, again, we were clearly not prepared for this going in. We clearly didn't have the equipment on a national and all this. Um, even now, like we're struggling to keep up. Hospitals are overwhelmed basically everywhere, um, especially in New York, especially Philly, especially basically any major city that's been hit by this. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm hoping as we're seeing a decline in these numbers, which, you know, we're starting to see a decline where, you know, a lot of the U.S. is already peaked. We're going down. I, I'm hoping people stay sane. People listen to their doctors. People listen to the government. And first of all, social distance, even after this is over. Um, just, you know, be smart. We can't have just been in quarantine for the past, uh, I think we're on week five at this point. Um, we can't have, Yeah. So we can't. I have think been... it's week seven. Really? Huh. I, I don't know. I've lost all track of time. But uh... don't you know it's all a conspiracy, man? The government's getting a stranglehold on our rights. This is how the new world order takes over. I was right, Anakin. The Jedi have taken over. But uh, so I mean, point remains. After this is over, we just have to be smart. Um, we can't see research notes of this. We I don't think we could handle anymore. Yeah. And as far as how, how I've been handling this, well, it's, it's a bit of a story. I will say, like we said at the beginning, my situation hasn't really changed from what it was, which is that pretty much I'm always inside. I haven't really, I haven't really regularly gone out to do anything for it. It's, it's going on three years now at this point, and... You know, that's for a variety of reasons, Most, mostly my own problems. One thing about me is that I, I'm very hard on myself when it comes to a lot of things. Like, when I see myself, and it, it's not for a lack of accomplishment. Like, I've done well in a lot of things before, you know, scholastic or projects or a- anything where I've tried to develop a talent, I've generally done okay, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I'm I'm actually trying to look at it objectively, but my issue is that I never see it objectively like that, and I hold myself back a lot with a lot of things, and I just never think I'm good enough to do anything. Couple that with the fact that I have a very cynical outlook on 
the world and how things are like basically whenever there's something where I could create an opportunity for myself and chase something I just can I just come up with all these reasons and scenarios that convince me that I'd never make it that it's not worth even attempting because I'll just invest all this time and effort and it'll be for nothing I guess you could say I'm kind of ruled by fear but so in any case that's led me to mostly have a sedentary life for a while now you know like i said i've obviously been watching a lot of star trek i watch a bunch of things i play a lot of games even though you know as of recent recently especially i've gotten kind of bored with it but i guess what i'm trying to get to say is that i'll be okay at least for the time being you know i'm clinging to sanity as much as i can time really doesn't feel like it passes for me but it hasn't felt like it's passed for a long time, pretty much. So, but, you know, we have to really believe that there is going to be a, a light at the end of the tunnel. Because we are in a tunnel, but, yeah, as long as we just keep taking it forward, keep making steps forward, sticking with it, I think we'll eventually get through it. And for myself especially, I mean more than just this whole pandemic thing. I mean, with a lot of stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm hoping we all come out of this uh, for the better. I'm hoping we all come out of this uh, having a better outlook on life, actually trying to achieve more than what we uh, had going in. Yeah. And, you know, the funny thing is, like, I, w I would always set a date for myself. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get something accomplished to move myself forward by this time. Time comes. Okay, by this time time comes okay by this time so finally it's the year 2020 and i'm like all right new decade new me still stays shitty person <laughs> and then yep. this happens and it's like well now even if i wanted to what can i do now it's just more waiting it's just a matter of more waiting i feel like this has definitely come between like tr like the yeah, i'm at odds with wanting to continue to do something with my life and also but also, well, also accepting that I can't do that. Yeah, well, I mean, there's there are things probably we could do. I mean, our craft is, is video, right? It's media. Certainly, we could pursue something remote. I, I know there's there's got to be a demand for it somewhere. Like I said, for me, it's just, I always sell myself short, and I just think, because I see all these other people's work, and I go, I can't even hope to be like that. When really, I learned fast, and I know you guys know this. I remember, the, you know, the first project we worked on, the um, the Weird Al video. I, I had no idea how to edit anything, and yet I did a large part of that video. Because I learned it out of necessity, and I feel like maybe that's what's kept me, you know, doing good in certain things. It's just I learn out of necessity, I adapt, mostly to show I just don't fail. It, it's always the fear of failing that gets me. And yet it's, it pushes me to do good and at the same time to not do anything. <laughs> it's weird. I don't know. Right. But, you know, I'll be all right. Okay. Uh, did we have anything else we wanted to say? Or? Yeah, so, I mean, uh, unless you guys got plans for uh, the foreseeable future, I feel <laughs> like we should do this more often. Have maybe a weekly or semi-weekly check-in, just talk about whatever we're watching, whatever we're playing, because I have been playing a lot. Uh, a lot of Halo. Halo came out on PC. I, we talked about that briefly the last time. And uh, yeah, been getting into that. Did the campaigns on Legendary. Suffered through that. Been playing a, water, a lot of Warframe. Grinding the hell out of that. Gotta keep yourself busy with something. Uh, I'll... <laughs> I'll, uh, I don't know, Persona 5. I'll, <laughs> I'll finish. I'll come... I'll talk about that. And compare... I'll talk about Persona 5 The Royal. And I can compare it to uh, the, it's the original version of the game. Anything. I guess. Anything. <laughs> If you watch something that's shitty, you complain about it like me. Why is it shit? Oh, oh, oh my goodness. Actually, this is a, have y'all, uh, how have y'all, aside from just sitting around playing video games, have y'all also maybe been maybe getting into shows y'all couldn't have gotten to before or didn't get into before? Because uh, I picked, I, I started doing that. Yeah, I mean, I, I had finished <laughs> Game of Thrones uh, a couple weeks ago. I started The Sopranos, like, shortly after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I yeah, I mean that—that's the bulk of it. I've I, I've done some sitcoms too. I've I've watched all of Community, which I've done before. I'm on Thirty Rock right now, which is uh, fun. Well, yeah. Hey, you know there may not be any new media to talk about, but there's all of everything up to this point that we could uh, 
go back and take a look at. Mm-hmm. I, I, I guess we. Uh, how about we come up with one core core thing and we will we'll each come back and report on it. Yeah, I was thinking of that. Like, we should all pick one thing to look at or, like, one game to play. Just something to have in common to talk about. Well, none of y'all have a Switch, and I'm at, so I'm at a loss. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are emulators. <laughs> unless, unless you're all willing to buy Persona 5, I, which I openly support. <laughs> well, you know, my friend has been willing to sell me a Switch, so... I don't know, maybe I'll take him up on that soon. But he said, I'll, I'll sell it to you only if you get Animal Crossing. I'm like, ah, do I have to? Because <laughs> yes, it, it would be to. a discount at, <laughs> at you know what he's willing to sell it to me for. So it, it might even be worth it even if I don't end up playing that. You have to, yes, get Animal Crossing. One of us. One yeah, of I guess us. I'll have to. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, this has been some big-ass utterly nonsense. And if you've stuck with us this long... We can't thank you enough for listening. We hope you'll continue to listen. Um, if you're listening to this for the first time since you saw any of the Picard videos, I don't rant all the time, so that, that's pretty much a limited thing. But, you know, we do have some good conversations about other kinds of media, lots of sci-fi specifically. So join in. We'll all get through this. And, uh, yeah, I guess that's about all I have to say. I didn't rehearse anything, as we pretty much never do. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we covered the bulk of it. Um, you guys know the drill. Uh, if you did like what you hear, uh, make sure you share. Make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you listen to it. Oh, yeah. Uh, Check out our, our link stuff. tree. Yeah, you were about to say exactly, Yes. Link tree slash utterly nonsense. L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash utterly nonsense. Yeah. Yeah, you can find us on YouTube. Find us on all the good podcasting platforms. We're on, like, every major one, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think we are. Uh, no TikTok yet, so... Uh. <laughs> yeah, and I'll probably clip the whole rant and put it on YouTube, so... Links are everywhere. You know where to find them. That's it. And with all that being said, that's John, that's Paris, I'm CJ. This has been Our Little Nonsense. Ape the Music, play us out.